This is BoroughCast from Scarborough Borough Council. Hello and thanks for streaming or downloading this podcast from Scarborough Borough Council. This is a special edition of BoroughCast in memory of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. My name is Andy Carter and I'm also here today in the podcast booth with Gabrielle Janzio. We are recording this in the week after news broke that the Queen had passed away peacefully at Balmoral in Scotland. The nation is in a period of mourning and reflection ahead of the state funeral which will take place on Monday the 19th of September at Westminster Abbey at 11am. Books of condolence have been opened in Filey, Whitby and Scarborough. Flags have been flying at half-mast and floral tributes have been laid across the borough in memory of a monarch who reigned for seven decades. In this special edition of BoroughCast, we're going to look at Her Majesty the Queen's visit to Scarborough's open-air theatre in 2010. And shortly we'll hear from two people who were there on the day and very much involved. But first, the death of the Queen has triggered a period of formal activities, pomp and, of course, ceremony to say goodbye to Her Majesty and welcome the new King Charles III. It's quite likely you will have seen coverage of the Queen's final journey from Balmoral to Edinburgh and then on to London for her lying in state. You won't be surprised to learn there has been a finely tuned and very carefully planned process for organisations like ours to follow with various announcement and ceremonies timed to the minute. The mayor is the civic head of the borough and it's his or her job to take the lead when it comes to significant events like these. Councillor Eric Broadbent is our current, in in fact final, borough mayor and he joins us now on BoroughCast. Welcome Mr Mayor. Hello Gabrielle. Thank you for joining us at what is a very sad time and what was your reaction when you first heard the news of the death of the Queen? Um, like like most people in our borough and across all the country in the world, in fact, um, we got the news that uh, a family had been summoned to Balmoral, and I thought, oh gosh, she's, she can't she can't be well at all, you know, for that to happen. And I recall my wife saying, that's really bad, and then all of a sudden, you know, we heard the news that she died, and it was shock. It was it was an instant shock. You thought, oh, my goodness, it's, it's finally happened because everybody was wishing and hoping that she's been poorly before and she pulls through. But uh, as it happened, you know, she, she went peacefully in her sleep on the afternoon and, uh, yeah, the, the country was, was numbed and I was numbed also. I think, obviously, after that time and when the news broke, and I know you took on the lead as our spokesperson for mm-hmm. the borough and for the council... So what's it been like to be involved in that response and take on that lead? I I feel as though I've got an extra duty, which I'm proud to do. Um, It's it's the duty I wouldn't wish to have happened in my final mayoral year, but I'm I'm honoured to do it. Uh, I think I'm a bit of a historian. Over the past, uh, I've looked at some of the, the photographs in the town hall and there's been proclamations before where everybody uh, sort of gets together in the town hall. Obviously, these are black and white photographs. And I thought, on these occasions, isn't it fantastic how, how we can see history in the making? And I never thought that I would be part of that history. So, in a way, I was uh, I felt honoured and I knew I had a job to do. And uh, I'm... I'm doing it at the best I can do, and I think people, people are sort of 
gathering around, they're cheering everybody up, and, uh, and it's just an occasion where it, it, these things have to be done, and it's uh, it's part of part of the sort of the role of the mayor of the borough, and I'm I'm happy that I'm doing it right. And just on sort of your personal memories of Her Majesty <coughs> Eric, because I know. Um, like a lot of us, um, she's the only monarch that we've ever known. Um, and yes, you have your civic role and your duties. Mm -hmm. But on a, on a personal note, personal note, what did the Queen mean to you? I would say that I'm, I've always admired the, the royal family. Um, I, I think that they're, they're marvellous uh, for our country. We're the envy of the world, in my opinion. Uh, we, have a, we have a democracy and we have a monarchy which the rest of the world looks up to. So that can only be a, a, a marvellous thing. And I felt, I feel the same. I, I feel that we're honoured to have our history of the past. We were honoured to have the, the 70 years of ruling by Queen Elizabeth II. And to me, she meant that uh, stabilisation. And I, I thought the country, it's gone through ups and downs over the last... In her reign, obviously, she, she went through the Second World War. Um, and most people now, under the age of 70, they, they can only recall the Queen. And I'm just I, I, I'm in that vein type thing. I, I can't really remember the King, uh, but a father. But I just love watching history programmes, uh, the films, where, where the family are growing up. And... I think it's fantastic. I think we've been very lucky to have uh, such a system in our country. And yeah, and to me personally, what did she mean? Uh, I use that word sta stabilisation because I think without her now, uh, we've, we've had a great loss, but I'm a big believer that uh, King Charles III now will do just a, a good a job and, and he'll, he'll, he'll walk in her shoes and do a fantastic job. So I'm happy that the way our monarchy works, that there is progression and I just think we're, we're a lucky nation. Mr Mayor, what will you tell your grandchildren about this time when you look back in a, maybe a few years? I shall tell them every little detail and, and I know that uh, they will love to hear, hear every word of it because it's so important that we, that we carry on our memories and the things that we've done in, in our lives if, that we pass them on to our children and our grandchildren and I'm sure that uh, we'll all be uh, in the future sort of thinking what, what, how lucky we've been to have such this fantastic system that we have now of the monarchy and yeah and I'm sure my grandchildren will be appreciative of that just as much. Councillor Eric Broadbent, Mayor of the Borough of Scarborough, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. You're listening to a special edition of Boroughcast, a podcast from Scarborough Borough Council with Andy Carter and Gabrielle Janzio. We're dedicating this podcast to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Over the years, we've welcomed members of the royal family to the borough on several occasions. For example, the Queen was here in 1975, but more recently, in May 2010, the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh spent several hours in Scarborough. They were here to officially reopen the refurbished open-air theatre before other engagements, which included a visit to the pub. Former Councillor Tom Fox was leader of the council at the time, and Councillor Bill Chat was mayor. They're here with us in the podcast booth today. Gentlemen, welcome to Boroughcast. 
Good morning. Morning. Before we ask for your reflections of 2010 and meeting Her Majesty, let's listen to this report from the day. It's courtesy of the Royal Archives and is presented by the late TV newsreader Harry Gratian. Well, you know how much I love Scarborough, but this, you know, adds an even bigger dimension to it. Europe's largest open-air theatre, they're lapping up what has been a fantastic celebration, culminating, of course, in the arrival of Her Majesty the Queen. The whole entertainment was Scarborough folk giving us a grand show. The compare was the one and only Tony Piers. It was absolutely fantastic. This is a great venue, Harry. This is a fantastic venue with six and a half thousand people in this. I mean, the royal thing is the icing on the cake, of course. But what an asset for Scarborough, what an asset for Yorkshire. The theatre cost £3 million or so to bring back to life. And for the outgoing mayor, what a day. Couldn't get much better, Harry, and I tell you what, what a fantastic lady to meet. I mean, I mean, she, she put you at ease. I, I'll be honest with you, I've been awake since about four in the morning. Sat there thinking I can only get the speech so far wrong, I'll probably end up in the Tower of London. But Her Majesty put me at so much ease, it was so easy to talk to her. After the open-air theatre, a wonderful sight for royal eyes. Thousands lining the streets. <laughs> and maybe something special put on for the visitors? The blacksmith's shop at Cloughton Town Farm. What characterised the day was the sheer delight shown by the Queen that she was glad to be back after 35 years. And even Her Majesty was caught by the heatwave, the jacket taken off as we basked in the sunshine on the East Coast. Ah, Scarborough. There was at least one familiar voice in there. Tom, Bill, thanks for joining us on Burrowcast. Um, having listened to that report from the late Harry Gratian and Bill hearing your own voice again, what are your immediate memories of that day? I was so nervous. Uh, for me, that's really unusual because, I'll be honest with you, I, I never get nervous. But I, I remember, you know, the day was so hot, Scarborough was for absolutely blazing in sunshine. And I was stood there and, and you know, I had my dark suit on and I, I was that warm. I, to be honest with you, I felt a bit like a, a slug on the pavement, you know what I mean? I was going to dry up and and do all sorts of things because I was absolutely that nervous. But Harry Gration, listening to him there, you know, and, and, and I remember that. I don't have a recording of it, but that's the first time I've heard it since then. And, and Harry, who, who was such a professional uh, and, and put your, your ease and, 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 and listening to Tony Pace come on with the, with the Anchors Away song going on and, and whatever. And, and it brings it back like it was, it was actually this morning, to be honest with you, you know what I mean, for us old folk. Uh, it was only two minutes ago, so, so I can remember it exactly as it happened that day and how I was affected by it. And what were they like as people when you actually met Her Majesty <sighs> and, and the Duke of Edinburgh? Do you know, I always, I'll always remember stood there in the queue. Uh, say it's a queue, it's all, all the good and whatever people who stood next to the little boating lake. It's like the official lineup, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was, yeah. And we had, we had people there who were all posh. And, 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 and I remember Michelle, my wife, who was the mayoress, um, a friend had asked her, could, would she wear her gloves? Um, because she wanted to keep them as a memory of the Queen. And Michelle had wore her gloves um, on that day. Uh, the lady was ever so proud and kept them. And I remember the guards, or, or the bodyguards were saying, the Queen's arrived, and you stood there and you're waiting, you're all nervous. Yeah, she's at the station. Yeah, she's leaving the station. The crowds are absolutely enormous. They're trying to get through the crowds. 
Uh, they're on the way down north where Columbus Ravine's just blocked off. And I'm thinking, yeah, I could see that. And then she pulled in in this big Range Rover. And we all know the size of a Range Rover, you know, the Queen's five foot four. And I thought, you know, we're going to be greeting a, an 84-year-old lady. And this door opened and this lady jumped out of this car, honest to God. She, she was fitter than me. She was fitter than, I think, most <laughs> people who were there. And, and, and she come straight out. You know, obviously, she was introduced to people. She'd come along. Uh, and, and I remember Irene, the mayor's secretary, said to me, you must refer to her as your majesty when you first speak to her. But then after that, you refer to her as mom, as in jam. I went, right, I've got that, because I'm, I'm not good at following instructions. But when she came across and was introduced, I, I remember that, must call her Your Majesty. And then um, after that, I referred to her as Mom. And then we, we walked, she went down the queue, and then I had to walk just behind her uh, with Prince Philip, uh, who was absolutely quite sprightly as well, you know what I mean? They, I, I wouldn't have said they were, they were a couple of pensioners. I would have said probably they were right in the 50s. You know what I mean? Really were quite able to walk. They had nothing wrong with them. Uh, and we walked along and we sat on the uh, VIP stage, uh, which isn't there anymore. Uh, and as I sat down, uh, the Queen actually spoke to me and she said, is this a new venture, Mr. Mayor? Uh, and I was just going to answer and Tony Pierce come bouncing on the stage and Tony's quite loud. And, you know, welcome to the open air theatre and everybody was shouting. I thought, do I raise my voice? Do I actually say something now? Or do I just sit there and just uh, leave it for a minute? So I thought, I'll leave it for a minute. So after Tony settled down and, and, and the crowd settled down, I said, excuse me, Mum, did you ask, was it a new venture? And she said, yes. I said, no, it's a rehash of a 1930s. And, and she was quite pleased. Um, Prince Philip sat on one side, the, wife, uh, the Queen sat on the other side, and the wife sat on the side of Prince Philip. And um, it was, you know, so many people in there, it was absolutely heaving. You know, the sun was shining, it was really good. And um, we, we had to stand, I had to make a speech, um, which I was really nervous about. The only time I've actually, actually had a written speech, right, normally I just make it up. But I had this written speech, and I remember we announced that the Open Air Theatre would be the, the Welcome to Yorkshire Open Air Theatre. Um, and then uh, I had to go back and uh, ask the Queen to come forward and pull the, the, the curtain off the stone which she did uh, and there's some nice photographs of that and then uh, I believe it was the uh, uh, Alderman and Freeman's turn then to meet the Queen which I'm, I'm, I'm then going to refer to my, my friend Tom Fox who, who then came and, and I think dealt with that side didn't you? I did yes and uh, it, it, it was quite fascinating and you brought back so, so, so many fond memories of uh, that special day Bill. I mean, one of the things that uh, what, what, what was quite, quite, quite uh, fascinating for me was I wasn't actually part of the official lineup. Myself and uh, Roz, we, we were put to look after the seats on the decking in front of the stage. And the Royal Party and other VIPs were to join us on the, on the decking where the seats had been arranged to watch the show. And indeed, the Duke of Edinburgh walking very briskly, was way ahead of the rest of the party. And as he came onto the decking, there's just myself and Roz. And he comes over to us and he says, have you been keeping our seats warm for us? <laughs> and he had a little giggle and said a couple of more things, but very, very nice. And uh, 
and nice little bit of wit. And then obviously the official parties came with the, Her Royal Highness and they took the seats. And as Bill said, it was formally opened. And then I took over. I took over and I uh, escorted the Queen from her seat to uh, the Freeman of the Borough where. Uh, and my job was to introduce her and the Duke of Edinburgh uh, to them. And uh, we had a few paces to take, and uh, she has, she's very sprightly. She was very sprightly. And she turned to me and said, this is amazing. She says, how have you managed to get so many people here for today's event? And I says, ah, ma'am, that was easy. You just told them you were coming. And I got a little <laughs> chuckle and a smile. And then we met the freedom of the borough and the event continued. It sounds to me like the um, what people say and what the media reports, that despite all the pomp and ceremony, they're actually very a very down-to-earth couple, the Queen especially, and that kind of glint in her eye and the, the amazing sense of humour that she brought to some of these occasions. Did you, did you get a sense of that when you met her, even though it was briefly? Well, to, to be honest, I, I thought the Queen had probably... She knew I was the first citizen of the borough, I was the mayor. You know, she knew that. And, and when we walked back to the car... Um, I walked behind slightly and Prince Philip just stopped and the Queen was slightly in front. And without even realising, she stopped as well, you know, exactly the same as Prince Philip. He turned to the lake, he looked at the lake, he said, look at that, we've got swallows diving around the lake. I mean, the crowd was going mad. Alan Booth, who was, wasn't, who isn't with us no more, he's a town crier. He, he was there and he was, he was uh, uh, you know, doing all the oh yeah oh yeah bits and, and these birds were still diving on the lake and the majesty said isn't that lovely so she turned prince philip turned and went back to the car and as they went to get back in the car they opened the door and she went forward she stopped and she turned around and she come back to me she went mr mayor it's your last day today i said it's my last event ma'am and she went has it been good and I said, well, I was challenged because when I was deputy mayor, I managed to get a guy called Cliff Spink to fly Spitfire across the bay. I said, and I was challenged, how could I possibly beat that? I said, and I get you on my last day. She went, was it good? I said, it was fantastic. And that was it. Brilliant. Oh, what, a, what a fantastic anecdote. So let's bring you both into the present then. Last Thursday, the very sad news came through. It was confirmed by, by, by the palace that the Queen had passed away. What was your, and I'll, I'll start with you, Tom, and then I'll ask you, Bill, what was your initial reaction to the news last week? Well, I mean, it started to unfold on the Thursday afternoon and I happened to be at home and uh, uh, watched the television and the BBC coverage was very, very intense. And I said to my wife, I, I think something really, really bad's going to happen. They wouldn't just do this. And you started seeing them lining up various commentators and uh, 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 high-profile figures to discuss that. And I, I was seriously, seriously frightened and concerned. Um, you know, I was frightened that she was near death. I was frightened to the implications to that. Uh, and, and, and saddened to the thoughts uh, that she would die pretty soon and obviously at six o'clock half past six that night the the announcement was made yeah and and there were tears in our household there were tears she she was an amazing lady she lived an amazing life her husband the duke of edinburgh was a fantastic man a dry old stick uh, in a previous life uh, as a policeman I, I was involved in bringing some of the royal 
family into the county on royal visits. And one of the things that I found with the, the, the Charles, with Anne, with Andrew, with Edward, all four of them had a personality and a character which emanated from the mother and father. And I do think it bodes so well for the future because that lovely personality of the Queen will continue. And thinking about that, Tommy, you reflected there um, on, on the future. And of course, we've seen the proclamation of the new king in recent days. Um, still getting used to saying King Charles III. Um, what do you think, um, you know, what sort of king do you think he'll be? And what are you expecting from him? I think it'd be an amazing one. I was involved in a royal visit many years ago in Craven. And it involved, uh, part of the visit involved going cross-country in off-road vehicles, four-by-fours. And it was landowners, it was gamekeepers and various other people. And we had a procession across hard roads, not made-up roads, and we were going up a steep incline. And the car that the prince, now king, was in, its clutch started to slip. I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, I'm off to the tower here. <laughs> and next thing is, all three doors on, on, on the car opens. Prince Charles gets out, he gets behind it, and he puts his shoulder to the 4x4 four four and helps push it up to the brow of the hill to clear the path. Oh. That is the character, that is the personality. Nothing phases him, just like his mother. I think he will be a remarkable king and taking his pledge and his promises and the way that he has put himself around United Kingdom, Great Britain, Northern Ireland, I think he will be a fantastic monarch. Definitely that keep calm and carry on motto, isn't it? You know, yes. always. And, and just to you, Bill, now, and your thoughts on the last few days and reflecting on, on the passing of Her Majesty and, and the reaction, I suppose, that we've seen in the borough, across the nation, places like London, but also across the world. And how has that touched you? I always go for a walk on a Thursday with my brother Kevin. So we always go down the beach and we like a nice walk. And I remember we were just outside of the fish pan on Scarborough Seafront at half past six when a message comes through to say that Her Majesty had died. A very public place. I felt a bit upset. And I thought, well, I can't cry here. <laughs> <laughs> so we went back to the car. And I went home where, obviously, I had a bit of a tear. Um, I was, as a boy soldier in the army, so I swore allegiance to the Queen uh, and her hairs. And um, I just thought, I'd only seen her on Tuesday doing a very official duty with the new Prime Minister. And I'd commented then that she looked quite frail um, and realised... Obviously, she, she worked hard to the end. But I do think for somebody like me who's at that age, I've only ever known the Queen. I've never known anybody else. It's a new time for me. And like all families, they sometimes fall out. But it's great to see that, you know, in times like this, the families can come together. I'm looking forward to our, our new King. I'm looking forward to his, his work he's going to do uh, following from his mother. But I do think that it's a lot different. He started talking about the environment when he was younger. He started talking about how we should look more after our environment. We should look more after our world, what we live in. 
And it's nice to see that somebody like that now is in a position of power and influence where they can do something to make things a little bit better for not necessarily for us, but our children now, children's children. Because we're both granddads now, aren't we, Tom? Great granddad. Great granddaddy. Well, he's, he's a granddad. I don't know if he's great. That's a, that's a matter of opinion. <laughs> um, but we're both granddads now. And the environmental impacts this world's had in the last few years has been tremendous. So I'm hoping that with the state the world is in and, and our new king, that he can influence our politicians to start doing what they need to do and protecting the environment of our world. Just coming in on that and what you said before, Gabrielle, about how the outpourings from the world. I have some very close friends in Germany, in, uh, in Australia and in the USA, citizens of those countries. And the communications that I've been receiving from them, the outpourings, are absolutely amazing. And the high esteem, the, the thoughts and the gratitude that even they pass onto the Queen is, is phenomenal. And uh, the outpourings of support for King Charles III is also phenomenal. I think the monarchy of the United Kingdom, Great Britain, Northern Ireland, the Commonwealth and wider, the monarchy will thrive and will be a positive influence for good. And I think that's definitely been reflected in, in what we've seen in, in the news coverage in, in the last few days and, you know, the talk of when people refer to the Queen, virtually wherever you are in the world, they know which Queen mm -hmm. they're talking about. One final point I just want to ask both of you, and you can sort of sum this up in a sentence, is you talked about having grandchildren and great-grandchildren. How would you explain the Queen to someone, uh, maybe one of your great-grandchildren, who is young enough now to perhaps be aware there was a Queen but never really um, knew her? What would you, how would you explain the Queen to them, to that child? Well, with the younger children who don't fully understand, I mean, we tell it, it's a person who is an example who is a leader without the authority, but by the example. And they're a person that we all seek to uh, emanate, to copy, to live our lives similar to theirs. And on top of that, we look to them to, for a good example, and we swear an allegiance to them because they stand for what is good in our nation. And Bill? Well, my grandson, who was two when the Queen came, didn't actually attend the open air theatre, he was too young. But he's got this memory that he did, because he watched it. So he was there, he was, he was on the front row watching the Queen and he remembers it very distinctly at 14, right, that he was there. And if I say to him, well actually, you weren't there, his grandma says, I know he was there because I saw him and I saw him sat in his seat. So I'm <laughs> gonna say that he'll always have this memory of the open air theatre, him sat there, and the Queen and the crowd. And that's great that he's going to keep that memory. Tom Fox, Bill Chat, thanks for joining us on Burrowcast today. Thank you. Thank you, Gabrielle. You're more than welcome. So, Gabrielle, before we finish the podcast today, we should, of course, make the point that you were also at the open-air theatre for when Her Majesty visited back in 2010. You can't interview yourself, so allow me to ask you, what's your recollections of that day and being in the presence of the monarch? An absolutely amazing day. Um, I think it's good to reflect back now because at the time when you're actually on, on duty, so to speak, working, there are there are bits that you just go into operation mode um, and you can then sort of think, crikey, that, that day's gone. Has it gone already? 
But yeah, an amazing day, I think, um, as Bill and Tom have both said, um, bright, sunny day, crowd of over 6,000 people in the open air theatre, amazing atmosphere. Um, my duty on the day was to work with the then um, assistant press secretary to Her Majesty, a lady called Colette Saunders, who I believe is still working for the Royal Household currently, her and her press officer. We were there to guide the what's known as the Royal Rotor, which is the chosen cameramen and photographers who were capturing the event for us. So we were we were actually ahead of the Queen um, in the procession at a dignified distance, and you're actually guiding back the cameramen because they're having to walk backwards with their kit, um, and you're guiding them just basically to make sure that they don't don't trip up in front of the royal party. Um, a wonderful day, and and I think one thing that I will never forget is actually the um, entertainment that was actually put on on the stage um, led by local entertainer um, Tony Piers. Um, really lots of upbeat tunes, great sort of crowd-pleasing favourites. And at one point I did happen to look across to the um, seating area where the Royal Party were to see um, the Duke of Edinburgh tapping his toe and grinning and smiling and all the applause that he gave. It was amazing. Let me put the same question I did to, to Tom and Bill then. What do you think the, the Queen's legacy will be? I think her legacy is just what she's done for particularly our nation and also the world. As that, and We've heard that word a lot in recent days, um, the constant. Um, somebody who, for me particularly, has always, that's risen above politics. I know that's what, you know, the monarch does. But for me, that's very special. They don't get involved, perhaps, in the political differences and the debates and the arguments. Um, somebody who is always there, um, certainly been there all my life. Um, my Both my sets of grandparents were big royal family fans. I was the child in the 1980s who was there cutting out the clippings of the royal weddings and putting them in scrapbooks and things like that. And just, I think, that legacy that she's left, the example she's set for everybody in how to do your duty and how to do it, you know, just with such dignity. I think that's what it will really mean for me. What a great note to end on, Gabrielle. Thank you. That's it for this special edition of Boroughcast. We'll publish our regular episode in the final week of September. In the meantime, thank you for listening. From Andy. Goodbye. And from me, Gabrielle, goodbye. For more news and information about the services we provide, visit scarborough.gov.uk. Listener.